0: pointing and we give you all the glory. Thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear as they learn in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 And I'm going to begin by reading one verse. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. The Spirit of God by Paul says, My grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I'm sharing with you this morning a message that I'm entitling Your weakness is God's opportunity. Your weakness is God's opportunity. Now, it does depend on you cooperating with the Spirit of God. But let me say it again. Your weakness is God's opportunity. Back on the 11th of uh, February, 1997, quite a while ago, um, my wife and I, my wife had just come back from a, from a meeting, and, so, and we were talking about some things that had transpired. And um, there was a very difficult situation at that time, and so we began to pray. And as, I was, as we were praying, I had what I would call a, 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 a supernatural and physical experience with this verse of Scripture. When I'm weak, then I'm as strong. And as we were praying, there was this unusual tongue that I never spoken before that came. And I stayed with it. And we were our hands were joined and we kept on praying. I do not know how long it lasted, could have been 20 minutes. But during that time of prayer, there was something supernatural that happened. My entire body, my arms, my legs, my entire body became like steel. It felt as if you were to take um, a 2x4 and swung it against my, my hands. The 2x4 would break, not my hands. And there was this supernatural strength that just was inside of me for a period of time. My wife next to me, she was able to feel it in my arms. And then that led to a, a, a vision that the Lord gave me at that time, which quite frankly is the, is the very basis for, for, for what God has called us to do in this ministry. But I share that just to bring emphasis to this verse. In your weakness, God has an opportunity to manifest his strength. In the setting of this verse, Paul had had spoken about some of the tests and the trials and the difficulties he had experienced. Back in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, there's a bit of an account of it. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. And he was making a point that, you know, he was saying that he had gone through some things in his life and that, 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 has, that has qualified him. He has gone through some tests and trials more than, than many other ministers. So in verse 23, he's raised in the Amplified, and he says, They are ministers, and they, ministering servants of Christ, the Messiah, he says, I'm taking, I am talking like one beside himself, but I am, but I am more with far more extensive and abundant labors, with far more imprisonments, beaten with countless stripes and frequently at the point of death. Five times I received from the hands of the Jews 40 lashes, all but one. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I've been aboard a ship that, that, that wrecked at sea. A whole night and a whole day I have spent adrift on the deep. Many times on journeys exposed to perils from rivers, perils from bandits, perils from my own nation, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the desert, perils in the sea, perils from those posing as believers. But destitute of Christian knowledge and piety, in toil and hardship, watching often through sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, frequently driven to fast by want, fasting because there was no food, in cold and exposure and lack of clothing. And besides those things, there are without, there is the daily inescapable pressures of my care and anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? and I do not feel his weakness. Who is made to stumble and fall and have his faith hurt and I am not on fire with sorrow or indignation? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my infirmity, of the things by which I am made weak and contemptible in the eyes of my opponents. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ knows he who is blessed to be praised forever, that I do not lie. In Damascus, the city governor, acting under the king, Aretas, guarded the city of Damascus on purpose to arrest me. And I was actually let down in a rope, basket, or a hamper through a window, a small door in the wall, and I escaped through his fingers. So Paul says, I have gone through all of these things. Now, I don't know what tests and what trials you might be dealing with. I don't know what kind of pressures you might be under. In the midst of this COVID epidemic, I mean, in all of this social distancing, it might be getting to you. You might be dealing with, with, with financial pressures. You might be dealing with family issues. You might be 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 having some sense of of frustration of some sort and and, and maybe you're believing God for deliverance and and your deliverance hasn't showed up yet. Maybe you're in trouble for whatever reason. You know the Bible says in in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 don't think it is a strange thing that you're gonna have these fiery trials. And the thing is too there are times where you, you you may you may be having some hardships, some difficulties and some trouble, and it might very well be because of your own faults, and because of your own mistakes, and because of your own bad judgment, so to speak. You know, it said a fool will say no in his heart to God. And sometimes we say no to God, we don't cooperate with him, and we can get into trouble. Psalms 107 verse 17 says, fools because of their transgressions and their iniquity are afflicted. And of course, You know, know, affliction comes, pressure comes, and especially when it is your own fault. Then the devil and others and and even your own conscience can heap such condemnation on you. It's your fault, it's your fault. But thank God, that passage of scripture goes on to say in verse 19, that as they cried out unto the Lord in the midst of all of their trouble, God saved them out of their destruction. God saved them out of their distress. He sent His word, and He healed them, and He delivered them from their destruction. You see, God is a merciful God. God is a God that is full of mercy. Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not, and great is His faithfulness. Micah 7 verse 18 says, who is a God like you who forgives iniquities and who passes over transgression? He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy and, having, and, and, and loving kindness. God is a God of mercy and loving kindness. And then, you know, but, but things happen. Pressures happen. Whether your your own fault or not, things happen. It's sometimes it's because of character flaws character flaws and, and weaknesses in your life and in your humanity that you may, you, may, you may not even have victory over at this time. Nevertheless, God knows how to deliver the righteous, the Bible says. He knows how to deliver the righteous out of temptation. Many might be the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers you and he delivers them out of them all. So I just want to declare to you today that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are facing, I want to declare to you today victory. I want to declare to you that the test that you might be experiencing right now will become your testimony of the goodness of God being manifested in your life. I declare that you're going to come out of whatever situation that is against you, you're going to come out with victory. i declare 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Thanks be to God will always cause you to triumph. Always means every time God is going to cause you to triumph. So begin to give God thanks. Begin to rejoice and expect to see the manifestation of the goodness of God and his deliverance in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I believe with you right now that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around and God will bring good and victory out of it. Hallelujah. Now, having said that, let me also say this. Yes, God can use your weaknesses as his own opportunity to manifest His greatness. But there is a need need for us to cooperate with Him. You do need to cooperate with God. The Bible says in Psalms 57 and verse 2, that we're referring to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, He performs all things for you. Psalms 138 verse 8 says, He perfects that which concerns you. Galatians 3 verse 5 says, He performs miracles. He does miracles, but he does it by the hearing of faith. God needs your participation and your cooperation so that he can turn your situation around and so that he can manifest his goodness, manifest his power, and cause that weakness to be his great opportunity. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now that leads to the question well, how do you cooperate? What is required of you? How do you cooperate? John chapter 6, verse 28. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The disciples had asked Jesus, they asked Jesus and they said, um, what must we do to work the works of God? What shall we do? What are we to do so as to work the works of God? In other words, what are we supposed to do to cooperate with you? What are we supposed to do so that we can carry out what God requires? What is required of us so that we can get the same kind of results that you are getting, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus answered, and he said in John 6, 29, he says, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom God has sent. This is the work of God. This is the work that you believe. In other words, Jesus is saying, what you need to do is believe. I want to emphasize right now, only believe. Which is what Jesus had said, said to um, Jairus, whose daughter was, was, was at a point of death. And Jesus had said to him, only believe, fear not, only believe. So I said to you that the number one thing, the number one thing that God requires of you, so as to move in your situation, so as to turn your situation around, so as to bring you out of captivity and bring your, and bring forth your deliverance, is your believing. You need to believe God. Hallelujah! Now, when, when we talk about only believe, you know, because of man, man having eaten from the from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it has affected us, and it is affected and has brought in brought into our humanity. This 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 thing wherein we begin to where really we trust in ourselves, and as a result of that, to to believe to accept that all it all that God requires. It's to only believe is a little bit of a difficult concept, but I need for you to get a hold of that today. Why? Because, you see, we, we tend to trust in our own doing, in our own works, in our own knowledge. We tend to trust in, in, um, in, 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 in what we know and, and, and so on and so forth, when in fact, and it's all because of eating from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that somehow we think that we can, we can be like God. We can make our own decisions. We can, we can um, make our own determinations. Well, in actual fact, you know what the Bible says in, um, in Jeremiah, chapter 10 and verse 23. Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. It is not within man to do that. In Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5, it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. You see, when you are trusting in your own ability, in your own strength, in your own knowledge, in your own works, in your own righteousness, in your own goodness, What happens? You are stepping into a place where the curse will operate instead of the blessing. Why is that? You see, here's the thing Jesus, the Bible said the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And you're either operating in the law, your own works, or you're operating in grace, which is trusting in God's undeserved, unmerited favor. It's either one or the other. In in Revelations, it puts it this way. God says, I prefer that you either be hot or you be cold. You either either operate in the law and do it perfectly, or you operate in grace. Now, here's the thing. It is impossible for you to operate in the law and to do so perfectly. Because by the law, you shall be condemned. The Bible says in um, Galatians chapter, let me flip over there, chapter 3 reading from verse 10, Um, in Amplified, for all who depend on the law, who are seeking to be justified by obedience to the law and to its rituals, they're under a curse, and they're doomed to disappointment and destruction, because it is written in the scriptures, cursed, accursed, be everyone who does not continue to abide live and remain by all the precepts and commands that are written in the book of the law. So now it is evident that no person is justified or declared righteous and brought into right standing with God through the law. For the scripture says the man in right standing with God, the just, shall live by and out of faith. And he who, and he who through faith and by faith he is declared righteous. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the law is not of faith. And the man who does, who does them shall live by them. So what is the point? The point of the matter is, God is not looking for your works. And you should not be looking to your works. Because you see, but if you try to go by your works, then you're disqualifying yourself from the grace of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 27, it speaks about the law of faith. It says, it says in Romans chapter seven, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By, by what law? Works? No. By the law of faith. So that no man can boast. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse 3. Quite often, sometimes people will say, yes, you, are, you know, Jesus was made to be sin for us. And you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And, um, and, that, and, that, and that righteousness is a free gift. But then they'll say, but you've got to have personal righteousness. Yes, you're supposed to walk in uprightness before God, but it is not in your own righteousness that you are to trust. Romans chapter 10 verse 3 says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they're seeking to establish their own righteousness, their own personal righteousness, and they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. We must not be in that place. You see, the Bible says in, back in Romans chapter 4 verse 3, 2-5, that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Amen? So it is, by, so you're right, it is your faith that is counted for righteousness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Romans 5 verse 17. While I'm still here, here in Romans. Romans 5 verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more they who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. When you are born again, Jesus, because Jesus was, made to be, Jesus was made to be sin for you, that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you are born again, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ. But what happens? What happens along the way? You may trip, you may stumble. This word, that you might receive, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that word receive... Is like a present continuous, in other words, you are to receive the righteousness, the free gift of righteousness, and keep on receiving that gift of righteousness. Anytime, all the time, continually, continually receiving the gift of the righteousness of God. It is a gift, it is a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, the question is. What should you believe in? What exactly should you believe? Because Jesus said, Jesus said, um, Jesus said, this is the work that you might believe in him whom God has sent. So what should you believe? You should believe on him whom God has sent. Whom has God sent? God has sent Christ. You must believe on Christ. Now, what we must also understand is that Christ himself is your life. Christ himself is the reality of the very life in your born again spirit. Christ himself is your new identity. The Bible says in 1 John four seventeen that as Jesus is, so are you in this world. As Christ is, so are you in this world. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 says, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life? Shall appear. Christ Himself is your life. So 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 you are to believe. Believe what? You need to believe in Christ. You need to believe on on your true identity, who you are. You are a new creation. All things have passed away, all things have become new. You must believe that. Ephesians 4:24 says that this new man put on this new man. Who is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. You are to believe that, that that's who you are. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says you are God's workmanship. Believe that. That you are God's workmanship. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus was made to be sin for you. That you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Believe that. You got to believe that righteousness. In fact, you know, part of the fight. You know, it says in 1 um, first. Uh, Timothy chapter six verse twelve. It says, "Fight the good fight of faith." The verse before that says, "Pursue righteousness." Fight the good fight of faith, and it takes a fight of faith to stay in righteousness. Amen. To keep abiding in the reality that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, but you must believe that. You must believe that, even when you stumble, even when you don't feel like it. You've got to believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 9, that I might be found in him, not having my own righteousness, not my personal righteousness, but I might be found in him, having the righteousness which is of God by faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even in your failure, you must be found in having the righteousness of God in Christ. The moment you stumble, immediately, you immediately, before the attacks of condemnation can, can attack themselves to you, you immediately need to rise, rise up and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have received that gift of righteousness. You got to keep, keep on believing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You got to believe right. Hallelujah. In your weakness, in your weakness and in your failures, Paul says, even though he says, my he says, I would rather glory in my infirmity, glory in my weakness. Because when I when I glory in my weakness, and when I'm not trusting in my own ability, in that place, that is where the power of God is able to come upon me. When I'm weak, then am I strong. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, does it mean that you are not to be repentant? Of course. If you miss it, you need to repent, you need to have a change of thinking. You need to to get in line with the fear of the Lord and walk in the fear of the Lord. Let me share a verse of scripture with you in Psalms 130. Hallelujah. Psalm 130. And verse 3 says, Lord, if you, Lord, should mark iniquity, who shall stand? If the Lord should keep an account of and treat us according to our sins, who will be able to stand? And then the next verse says, But there is forgiveness with you. There is forgiveness with you that you may be reverently feared. There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. In other words then, we ought to recognize and you you ought to see the mercy of God and we ought to tremble. We ought to tremble in the fear and the reverence for God and just worship and magnify God, recognizing that He does that, recognizing that because of the blood of Christ, your sins and iniquities he will remember no more. And he and that he is abundant in forgiveness. For that reason alone, you ought to fear the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm not, this is not a license for you to, to for you to abide in that which is uh, not pleasing to God. But, but, but what I am saying is you must continually maintain and remain in that place where you believe what the word of God says, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ and receive and continually receive that free gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What should you believe? First Corinthians chapter 6. Sorry, First Corinthians chapter 1. Read it from verse 27 says. Hallelujah. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. As it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's why Paul says, I would rather glory in my weakness, that the power of Christ might rest upon me. My only confidence is in him and who he has made me, and who he is the inside of me. The Lord is the strength of my life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord himself is my righteousness. The Lord himself is my wisdom. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 9, reading from verse 23, it says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him glory, let him that glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Intimacy with God is, this, is what puts you in a position to really have understanding. Let him who glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising love and kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord glory to God so you got to believe that you got to believe that God is able to use your failings and the very fragments of your life so to speak to bring glory to himself hallelujah first second Corinthians chapter 1 I' am reading from verse from verse three to nine basically the essence of it is is is, is that the, the very shortcomings that you may have, the very areas that you may have had some difficulty with, when God brings you through them and then God gives you victory, you will be able to comfort someone else with the same comfort with which you have been comforted. So that your test will literally become a testimony to bring strength and encouragement and hope to somebody else. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Paul again was talking about some of the tests and the trials and the difficulties. And he goes on to say, you know, persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. So that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our body. For we know, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 10 and 11. For we know, for we who live are always delivered to death. For Jesus sake, that the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. The more we are living in a place of being crucified with Christ, the more the very life of Christ is able to be made manifest. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if if we be dead with him, then we are also risen with him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So trust the Lord with your with, with the areas of your weaknesses and believe God that that he will take your weaknesses and bring forth his strength that your weaknesses is God's opportunity there's a story in in, um, in judges judges chapter 6 regarding Gideon the 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 the, um, the children of Israel were were being persecuted by the Midianites and they were having a very difficult time and they were very very intimidated and then one day an angel showed up, Judges chapter 6 and and, uh, verse 11-12, an angel showed up and showed up to Gideon as he was there threshing wheat and and hiding it so that the Midianites don't come and steal it and the angel appeared, in verse 12 it says and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you you mighty men of valor. Now Gideon said to him, "Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, well, why are all these things happening? Why are all these things happening to us? Did not, did the, Lord, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the, Midian, the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and says, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel. And then um, Gideon answered and said, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now here is something very interesting. God speaks to, to Gideon, who is all scared, and speaks to Gideon and calls him, a mighty man of Bible. go, and, and he, he goes on to say to him, "Go in this might of yours." In verse fourteen, but God will also say um, that that you know, because Gideon is thinking, "Me, I'm weak. My family is weak, and I'm the I'm the least in, in my own, in my very family." And 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 the angel responded by saying, "Surely I'll be with you." And you shall defeat the Midianites. So it is God with him that makes him strong, that makes him mighty. It is God with you that makes you mighty. You know, going back to um, Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Cursed is the man that trusteth in the arm of flesh, whose heart departs from the Lord. Whose heart departs from the Lord. Now, um, the, 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 uh, the whole thing is, you see, it is that separation from God that causes the weakness. That causes the failings. The Bible says, on, on, "on The Bible says that with God, all things are possible." And it also says, "All things are possible to him that believes." Why? Because he that believes is in that place where he is with God, and with God, all things are possible. So, all things become possible to him that believes. So, here is Gideon, um, the weakest in the nation, the weakest, in his family, and, and so on and so forth, but God calls him mighty. Why? Because I am with you. And by the way, if we dig into this further, you will see that this was not just an angel, this was actually a manifestation of, of God himself, the Lord himself. Hallelujah. The word of God says in Joel chapter 3 and verse 10, let the weak say that I am strong. And if you were to continue reading that story with Gideon, later um um, there's going to be, I don't know, several thousands that were going to go to war against uh, against the Midianites. And God says, no, 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 there's there are too many. You got to break that down. And, they, they, and then, the, and, and they went through various processes. And it came all the way down to, down to turning. And God had said, actually, let me read that verse to you. In Judges chapter 7, the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you, they are too many. For me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me. Saying my own hand has saved me. And then of course the numbers dwindle. What is the point? The Bible says as it was saying there in, in, um, in First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 31. Let him that glory. That God no flesh will glory in his sight. There is no there must be no boasting. Why? Why is boasting illegal? By faith, because it is done by faith. It is not based on your works. It is based on the power of God. And it is based on you believing and trusting in the Lord. What am I saying? I am saying that only believe. Believe, believe, believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in who God has made you. Believe in the life of Christ that is in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let the weak say I'm strong. Believe on Him whom God has sent. Well, God has also sent the Holy Ghost. So you need to believe on the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, it says that the Holy Spirit, He is at work within you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. What does that mean? There may be some des- 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 desires. There may be some things in your life. There may be some motivation. There may be some... some um, Um, Some desires that are not in line with God, that are not pleasing with him. Well, what does God say? He says that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will work in you both to will and to do for God's good pleasure. What does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit will literally change your desires. He will work your desires and so that your desires can change and line up with the desires of God. The Bible says delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The desires will come from him. The Holy Spirit will work within you to produce godly desires. And not only will he produce the desires, he will work within you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He will also give you the power to do what pleases God. You need to believe that. You need to believe that no matter even if you might be struggling in some particular area, you need to believe that God, the Holy Ghost, is working on the inside of you to line up your desires with him, and he's giving you the power to live in a manner that pleases him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So what do you believe in? Believe on him whom Jesus has sent. Believe on on the Holy Ghost. Believe on the life of Christ. Hallelujah. You know, in, 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 in um, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20, it says, Believe in the Lord. Believe in on the, Lord, on the Lord God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Well, we can put it this way. Believe the promises of God. Believe the promises of God, and so shall you prosper. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, that in Christ, all the promises of God in him, are yes and amen. It says in 2 Peter 1 verse 4, that by these promises, God has given you these promises so that you can partake of his divine nature, which is victory, so that you can take that part of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. You are in the world, but you are not to suffer the limitations of the world. You are not to be defined by the world. Amen? Your faith and your confidence is not in the world. It's not in the arm of flesh, but it is in the power of God. You've got that treasure in earthen vessels. The very glory of God dwells on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So he's given you great and precious promises that by these promises, you might escape the corruption in the world and partake of his divine nature. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Faith comes through those promises. Amen? So, in fact let me share some promises with you. the Bible says in Ephesians 3 verse 20 that God is able to do above all that you could ever ask or think according to that power that is at work within you. Believe that. believe he's able to do above and beyond. Believe all things are possible to him that believe. finances in the financial arena, Isaiah 48 verse 17 says that the Holy Spirit that he will teach you to profit. He will teach you to profit. Believe that. He will even give you witty inventions. Believe that. Proverbs 8, verse 12. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because your righteousness is of Him. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Believe that. Isaiah 54, verse 4. He will wipe away all shame. Joel 2 25. He will restore. The years, he will restore what a caterpillar, what a canker worm, what what, what what the things, what history, and all, whatever else has stolen from you. He will restore it. He will restore the years. He will restore your youth like an eagle. Proverbs six thirty one. when the thief is caught, he will restore sevenfold. Believe those scriptures. Believe the word of God that we overcome, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Because you love not your life even unto death. Hallelujah. Now let me, let me, so, so again, what are we saying here? What we are saying is only believe. Believe, that's what God requires of you. God required that you would believe. Believe His word. Believe Christ in you. Believe the the working of the Holy Spirit in that ministry. Believe who He has who, 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 be, believe who He has made you. Have confidence not in you because you've been crucified with Him. Nevertheless, you live. But it's not you. But it's Christ that lived in you. Christ in you is the hope. Believe that. Believe this this marvelous, magnificent work, of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit that caused you to become a brand new creation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I want us sometimes, you know, it's a very good question. Am I really believing? Am I in the place where I'm really believing or am I just mentally ascending and just agreeing with the word but I'm not really in that place of believing? The Bible says in, in, in um, Hebrews 4 and verse 11, To labor to enter into this rest. And then it tells us that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And has that ability and power. That if you would labor in the word. That word can bring you into that place of rest. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes as you have on the promises of God. But you must come into that place of rest. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. That he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because they trust in him. In other words, when you trust in God and you believe in God, what happened? He is able to keep you in perfect peace. There's a quietness uh, 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 and a rest that, can, that will come upon you. Here is what I'm saying. The, 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 um, the test as to whether you really are believing is whether you are in rest. When you are resting the test as to whether you're really believing is, are you at rest? Isaiah 32 verse 17 says, um, The effect of righteousness, the effect of living in that oneness with God, the effect of totally depending and trusting in Him, the effect of righteousness is peace. It's peace. And in another place it says, And quietness and full assurance forever. In Isaiah 30 and verse 15. Amen? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. Because you you, you need to get this. You cannot be in anxiety. And be in a place where you're believing. It doesn't work that way. Amen? If you are in a place of faith. And you are in a place of believing. Then you are at rest. And if you're not at rest. Then you need to labor in the word. Until you come to that place of rest and full assurance. Amen? Hebrews chapter 3, uh, reading from verse 18. It says, And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? And to whom, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And by the way, this passage here, they literally interchange obeying and unbelieving. Uh, uh, oh, in other words, then, it is saying that when you are, if you are not obeying, then you're automatically in unbelief. Amen? And if you are in unbelief, then it's probably because you're not obeying. But anyway, he says, God swore that they're not going to enter my rest. To whom did he swear that? Those that did not believe? Why? Be, he says, we see. That they could not enter. They could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into his rest, and that place of rest is a place where you cease from your own labors. Hebrews 4 verse 10 is going to say, For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Anyway, back to Hebrews 4 verse 1. So since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to fall short, come short of it, because of unbelief. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word preached did not proffer them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So, rest is the test that indicates that you really believe in. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. When you are in rest, that is when God is released to do his best. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think it's kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting when you, when you look at the various miracles and healings in the gospels, how many times... Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Is there a message in there? Is there a pictorial prophetic word being spoken to us that why all these healings on the Sabbath? Is God saying to you and I that when we are at rest that's when he is able to do his best. When we are at rest that is when he is able to perform miracles. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are to be in that place of believing. We are to come into that place of rest. We are to cease from our own labors and trusting in our own works. And then we are to be in that place where where we have hope. We must maintain our hope. The Bible says in Romans 15, verse 13, that a God of all peace, that a God of hope, (laughs) sorry, that a God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you might abound in hope to the power of the Holy Ghost. David said in Psalms 27 verse 13, I would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You must maintain your hope. You've got to maintain your hope. In, in Hebrews um, 11 and verse, and verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is being sure of what it is you hope for. You might not see it, but faith sees it. And faith is the confidence. Faith is what makes you sure about what you hope for. So you've got to maintain your hope. You've got to maintain your confidence. It says don't cast away your confidence. There's a great recompense of reward in Hebrews um, chapter 10 and verse 35. And then it goes on says you have need of patience and perseverance. So after you have done the will of God, you might obtain the promises. Hebrews ten twenty three says. Um, Hebrews ten twenty three says, hold fast, hold fast your confidence, hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering, knowing that He is faithful that promise. Where is that verse? Hebrews ten and verse twenty three. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So maintain your hope, maintain your confidence. Stay in the Word. Continue to meditate in the Word. Continue to quote the Scriptures. Continue to declare the promises. The Bible says, um, 1 Timothy 4.15, Give yourself wholly, completely to them. For then, your profiting will appear unto all. For then, then what will happen? As you abandon yourself to the word of God, as you devote yourself to the word of God and his promises, as you meditate in them and act on them, what happens? It will eventually profit you and it will eventually bring manifested results. Glory to God. Continue, stay in prayer. Continue to seek the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for they that come to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There is a reward in diligently seeking God. Isaiah 45 verse 19 says, God says, I didn't ask you to seek me in vain. In other words, there is a reward that comes with seeking and pursuing God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, my, my desire for you, my desire for the believer, my desire for the church right now is that when this COVID-19 comes to an end, that, that the church will, that the, that the devil will regret that this COVID-19 ever happened. Because the church and you and I will be so much further ahead. You and I will come out of this time stronger than we would have been had this period of time not happened. So whatever you might be dealing with, whatever your challenge might be, you've got to have your mind set and take the necessary action so that you're going to come out of this stronger than you were going into it. You know, there's a scripture in um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 8 that says that if the devil had known that if he had only known what was going to come out of the sacrifice of Christ, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He would not have done it. Well, let it be. Let be. Let, Let the enemy regret messing with you. Let him regret this COVID 19 that has been brought over the earth because out of this, the church will come out triumphantly. The church will be stronger. You will be stronger. You will be more immersed in the righteousness of God. You will be more immersed in the fear of the Lord. You will be in a greater, more intimate relationship with your your Lord and your Savior. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I declare. That the enemy shall be bruised underneath your feet. I declare that you are coming out victorious in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare that no matter whatever your weakness might be, that it is God's opportunity to shine. It is God's opportunity to show himself strong and to manifest his goodness in your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, I pray for every single one underneath the sound of my voice. I pray for Holy Ghost courage. Courage for them to, having done all, to stand therefore, Having their loins girt about with truth. I pray, O oh Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, that, any of, that if there's any weak hands hanging down, that they will be strengthened and lifted up in praise and in, magnific- and, and in magnifying and exalting your name in the name of Jesus. I pray for any that is sick right now. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your divine healing power come over them like showers. Like showers of of, of like, like like rain just pouring down on them. Let your healing power flow from the crown of their head to the tip of their toes in every joint in every and every in, in, in every bone, even in their marrows in Jesus' name. In their bloodstream, in their nervous stream, in their nervous system. Let your healing power flow in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that the loins of their minds would be girt up in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I thank you for the grace that comes to them and the revelation of Jesus Christ in them, the hope of glory. Father, I pray that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and in all spiritual understanding. I pray that in nothing they would be terrified by the enemy. But they are going to have such a boldness in the midst of whatever the enemy might throw their way that they're going to be as bold as a lion. That they're going to rise up in their authority and speak to the storms in their lives that it be peace and it be still. That they would curse the roots of trees that you have not planted. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for righteousness raining down on your church and on your people today. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Glory to God! Hallelujah! Lord, we bless you. We thank you
1: for your goodness. Thank you for your richness of your work. We glorify your name in this place, and we. The other doing we are in everything to say and do, hallelujah. So just a few minutes, we can just thank uh, God for His goodness and for the richness of His word, and just a few announcements. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, church. How are you doing? We miss you. Just a reminder that this week, make sure you go to tlmh.ca and check the live. There's all events is happening online uh, through Zoom on Tuesday Bible Study at 7, a prayer meeting on Friday at 7, and make sure to watch for the daily, uh, God's daily word for you on Facebook and YouTube, and also on Friday, from Monday to Thursday, and God's word for your healing on Friday. So be blessed, remember, go to tlh.ca and uh, check live and uh, I hope you can join us throughout the Saturday meeting also. God bless you.